Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of the Seabros Fishing Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Mass Bay Guides. Mass Bay Guides, a family-run charter fishing fleet based out of Situate, Massachusetts. We've been providing anglers with the ultimate fishing adventure for over 20 years. Whether you're looking to put together a multi-boat corporate fishing trip, or you're an avid angler that travels the world and you're looking to catch a giant bluefin tuna, the Mass Bay Guides crew will do anything it takes to make sure you, your friends, and your family have a great day on the water. To book a trip with us, visit the Mass Bay Guides website at massbayguides.com. And for the latest reports, content, and other info, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at, at Mass Bay Guides. This episode is also brought to you by Deep. New England born and bred, Deep is inspired by the fit of the skate and surf retail world, anchored in the technical aspects of the outdoor and offshore fishing apparel market. Deep designs clothes that bring comfort in the elements and also at the bar and restaurant. If you guys visit www.shopdeep.com, you can check out all the new apparel that they have coming out this spring. And if you use the promo code SEARSBRO, that's S-E-A-R-S, BRO20, you get 20% off your next order. We love these guys. Um, we've been friends with them for a while. Uh, what's cool about this company is, you know, some of the owners actually, they actually fish. They fish offshore. They fish the canyons. They giant tuna fish. They have a really, really good offshore program. So, you know, they're, they're making apparel and gear that, you know, truly does fit kind of the lifestyle and, and some of the requirements that we have in, in the offshore fishing world. Welcome to the Seabros Fishing Podcast. What's going on, everybody? On this episode of the podcast, we are bringing you a rigging station on chumming and chunking striped bass. We have about a week or two weeks to go until we start seeing that first big push of fish from the south up here on the south shore and north side of Cape Cod. Um, so we are anxiously waiting to, to take advantage of that fishery. Uh, one of the best ways of targeting those fish at this point in the season and really all season long, all the way through, you know, mid to late July, especially inshore and in areas where there's structure and good tide is, um, is chumming and chunking those fish. So, what I'm going to talk about today is a handful of different things. So I'm going to start off by discussing bait, our approach to getting bait early in the season, um, actually how we hang on to some bait at the end of the, the previous season to make sure we're ready for the spring. I'll talk about tackle, rod and reel setup, kind of the, the ultimate um, the ultimate setup that, that you want for this type of fishing that's really going to help you hook a lot more fish and, uh, and make a big difference. Leader, hook size, terminal gear, I'll discuss all that. But then most importantly, tactics. Everyone, well, a lot of people, especially people that don't chum and chunk a lot, I see or we see they, they chum too much or they chum too big a pieces specifically for bass, you know, and really dialing in this, this type of fishing into the river, you can't chum too, too much. There's kind of a science to it. So I'll, I'll get into a lot of the details on that at the end of this episode. So 
to start off as bait. You can't really do this. Or you can't do this without uh, without having bait, and it needs to be fresh or fresh frozen. Um, so a lot of times, or every year really, early in the season, we do a specific bait run to load up the freezer. And we don't just go out and, you know, jig a couple hundred mackerel and throw them in a tote and, you know, let them bake in the sun all day and and not take care of them. We, we take care of the chum and chunk baits as if we were, you know, taking care of dead tuna baits, essentially. Uh, no salt, make sure they go right into ice, you know, really preserve those, those baits so they freeze well. Uh, once, once we load up or once we do a couple of bait runs, getting mackerel, getting herring, we, let me actually, let me step back a moment here. Once we do a bait run, we load the, the coolers up and you know, we get a couple hundred baits ahead of that. We actually order a whole bunch of like kind of beer flat size boxes, um, cardboard boxes you can get them from the liquor store you see a lot of six packs and stuff will come in those boxes you know they're kind of like a a same size top and bottom but you can squeeze them together and make like a a shallow box you know they're about like 24 inches by 12 18 inches somewhere in that size range so we'll actually we found that if we pack our bait in those you can fit about a dozen to 20 baits depending on the size, you know, mackerel or herring that you're putting in there. And they, they stack and they store and they freeze well. They, they, your baits end up staying a lot better than if you just jam them into Ziploc bags. Not saying that we don't do that. You know, if we're tuna fishing and we know we have a bass trip the next day or whatever else, you know, we'll, we'll throw extra baits in a Ziploc and use those and keep them fresh on ice. But if we're freezing them and utilizing them for a longer period of time throughout the season, we really do make an effort to kind of make a, a packing process of it. So we bring the whole cooler home. They're all brined up. We drain them out as we take them out of the cooler. We pack them into those kind of beer flat size boxes, top and bottom, and then we'll duct tape them closed and then store them in the freezer that way. That way they're all laying you know, side by side, head to tail, nice and stacked. So when you take that out of the freezer and go to use it, you bring it down to the boat, all it takes is one slam on the dock or on the deck of the boat. They all separate. None of the skin or anything tears. They thaw a lot easier. They're a lot easier to manage and they they stay better that way. They're easier to, to chum and to chunk that way. So a lot of you may do that or have your own method. That's just the way that, that we do it. And we've found it to be extremely helpful for us um, in keeping keeping ourselves organized and keeping our baits in good condition. As far as rod and reel setup, so now we've ha- we have the bait that we need. We have a freezer full or we have fresh bait. Um, as far as a rod and reel setup, we like seven foot medium fast action rods rated for, you know, 15 to 30 pound braid. Um, we're using the new pen battalion rods. Now the medium fast action version, and these are conventional or bait casting style style rods. You can use spinning rods, but I'll we'll explain in a little bit why we like to use the conventional. We match that size rod up with a small bait caster or conventional style reel. In the past, we've used Penn International 975s, 965s, but the best bang for your buck and 
reel that has really good free spool and all around you can kind of beat up on it. It's easy to clean, easy to maintain, easy to utilize, and it still has a clicker is uh, the Abu Garcia Ambassador 6500, the new C3. You can swap the handles out on that if you want to put a power handle on, make it a little bit um, more ergonomic for you. But we found that that setup is absolutely perfect for this type of fishing and specifically fishing in the river um, or the kind of inshore inshore fishery for striped bass. The reason why we like to use the bait caster or conventional style reel for this type of fishing is we're not using the rod holder. We're not, you know, just putting a chunk out there, clicking a bait runner on, on a spinning reel or, you know, locking it up. We're actually working the chunks in the chum line the whole entire time we're fishing. So you need a reel that has really good free spool so you can match the speed of the tide and get that chunk down there with your chum. It has to it has to look natural. It can't have resistance on it. It can't be lifted up, you know, by too much pressure on the free spool or on your thumb or anything like that. We found that with that style reel and specifically those ambassadors, you can just keep your thumb off of it and the free spool pretty well matches the tide speed regardless of what it is and gets that chunk in the zone. Um, so it's extremely important. You can use spinning gear and just open bail free drift back, but you're not going to catch as many fish, especially for newer anglers, people that are newer to this type of fishing. Hands down, you're going to catch way more utilizing a bait caster or conventional style reel. It's just, it's just the way that the action on the bait is because of that free spool and because of the functionality of that actual fishing reel. So it's extremely important. As far as line, leader, terminal tackle. On those setups, we use 20 or 30 pound braid. Um, Berkeley, uh, I think it's the X9 braid we're using, um, you know, Power Pro, anything like that works. Solid core, does not need to be hollow core. So 20 to 30 pound braid. And then we use 20 or 30 pound fluorocarbon. You can either, for a leader, you can either attach the fluorocarbon via, through a really small ball, um, barrel swivel connection to the braid, you know, one of those small little American fishing wire, mighty mini swivels, um, the small spro power swivels, those all work. And we use about a a four to six foot leader. That way we can cut back as as we get chafed from the fish's mouth and and that sort of thing and, and get more longevity out of the leader. So if you want to use a swivel, you know, and you're fishing yourself and you don't have a lot of new anglers reeling the the swivel into the into the rod. That's definitely the way to go, and it will you know obviously prevent your your expensive braid from getting spun up. It your braid shouldn't get spun up on the drift back from the chunk, but when you're reeling it back in to redrift, that's when it's going to get spun up. So it's it's important. If you have clients, customers on the boat, um, you can use just a knot connection and a longer leader instead of using the swivel if you want you know six or eight feet of fluorocarbon um, shorter longer whatever you prefer and then just tie you know an improved albright or uni to uni or whatever you're comfortable with some sort of knot that's not going to get hung up on the guides all that much reeling it in and out of the rod and you'll you'll get more out of your leader material there because you're fishing a longer 
you can fish a longer leader because you can reel the knot into the uh, into the rod. So that's another option. That's what we've been doing on our charter boats, just because you know, no offense by any means to any of our charter clients, but you know they haven't done it a lot most times. So you know, no matter how many times you tell them not to reel a swivel into the rod, it happens anyways. They get excited. It's a big fish. Um, it just happens. So we, we've gone with the knot connection over the last couple of years. As far as hook size and hook type for chunking, we always use circle hooks. A 5.0, a 6.0 Mustad Demon Perfect Circle is a great option. You want to use as close to an inline, well, you have to use an inline circle hook as a recreational angler now anyways, but you want to use circle hooks and as close to inline as you possibly can. There are some that say inline that might be a five degree offset, you know, just kind of pay attention to that. But, you know, Eagle Claw, the hooks that all the sailfish guys use, the those kind of lighter wire circle hooks, they all work really well for this application. You don't want a hook that's too, too heavy because it's going to affect the way that your chunk drifts back in the, in the slick. So, um, so that's that's kind of what we prefer in regards to to hooks, leader, swivels, mainline, rod, reel when it comes to this type of fishing. As far as the tactics, I'm just going to walk you through kind of how we start a a chunking and chumming charter, you know, in the river, how how I get the boat or how Taylor and I get the boats rigged up or or prepped for, you know, a day of fishing or an afternoon of that type of fishing. So, you know, we'll bring one or two flats, homemade flats of baits. We have 15 to 30 baits. If you have two anglers, two or three anglers, one of those flats, 15 baits should last you a two or three hour tide if you're chumming properly. If you have a, you know, a full chart or full boat, you might need two flats. You might need 30 baits. You know, I know it seems like a lot, but it's really, really important to keep those fish with you throughout the tide transition. If you're going to fish through that slack tide. So bring baits down. I'll typically cut up a half a dozen right away. And on a, on a mackerel, I cut it three into three pieces, the long way from the gills back. So you get, you know, three long strips on the bait and leave the meat attached to the head of the mackerel and then cutting eighth inch chunks going perpendicular to the bait that way. So you're going to get, you have the bait in three pieces the long way, and then you start cutting your chunks perpendicular to the bait. Um, as far as chum goes, very, very small, very, very thin pieces. And as we do that, we put it into a five-gallon bucket and we mix it with water. So with six chummed, roughly six chummed mackerel, we'll put that in about a, a you know two or three gallons of water. And we'll actually use the knife and, and continue to kind of chop the bait up and stir the bait up inside that slurry in the bucket. That'll get us started. So wherever we anchor up, we have chum ready to go. You know, if we mark a pile of fish, we figure out where we want to set up, we can get chumming right away. We're not fumbling around and trying to thaw and chum bait and get chum all situated. You don't need a hook in the water right away. The chum is what is going to do this all for you. So that's how we do that. One thing that helps us with that is we do have a, a bucket board. You can get these from Bass Pro on Amazon online. It's a really cheap, easy product that uh, 
that just attaches to the top of a five gallon bucket. So as you chum, it goes right into the bucket, keeps everything nice and clean. You can move it around the boat. It's uh, it's probably the most valuable tool uh, in regards to this type of fishing for us. So, so that's how we get our initial chum ready. That's what our chum size is. You can use a chum grinder too. Some people will choose to go, you know, with that sort of method, but your, your pieces of chum aren't exactly going to match or drift nearly the same as your hook baits. Um, if you only use ground chum and I've found that using ground chum, you actually end up chumming too much. So if you are using it, it drifts a lot further with the tide. And during the heavy tide time, you can, you might keep that might keep the fish out of the actual hookup zone where you you should be getting bites, free drifting baits back. So use it sparingly. What we usually do is we'll grind some chum and freeze it into small little one gallon pails or even smaller. And we'll put that in a, um, a little chum dispenser, a little PVC chum dispenser and hang that midship off of whatever boat we're fishing on and keep that frozen and don't really shake it too much or anything like that. That's really just to keep scent in the water and to keep you, keep your slick somewhat going. So when the action starts to happen and you aren't chumming as much because you're fighting fish, you at least have something in the water to keep the fish around and keep them enticed. So that's kind of the science behind how we cut and uh, prep and our chum and size and that sort of thing. Um, As far as frequency of chumming, you really have to get used to gauging the tide. So, you know, if you show up two hours before high, it's the you know top of the incoming or whatever else. And the tide in the river, wherever you are, is moving, you know, two, three, four, maybe sometimes more knots, depending on the moon phase. You really have to judge where you're throwing that chum. So if the tide's moving fast, you might have to throw it real far up off the bow to try to keep it within you know, 50 yards of the transom of your boat. So you're fishing effectively. So you have to kind of gauge that and gauge where you're dropping chum based on how fast the tide's moving and that sort of thing. So always paying attention to that is crucial. That's probably the most important part of this whole thing. You want to keep the fish with you. You want to try to keep them. You want to try to be marking them on your fish finder the whole time if you possibly can. So trying to get that chum so it's halfway down in the water column by the time it's at the transom of your boat is important. And that's not just for striped bass fishing. That's for really any sort of chumming. If you're going to be chumming tuna fish or whatever else, you know, you're trying to you're trying to keep those fish close to the boat and keep them interested in what's going on at the boat. You don't want them like way down tide, just thinking there's some you know sort of food source coming at them. You want them to associate the chum with the boat. So that's important. Um, what other fun facts do I have? So is that that's the that's the you know kind of science behind chumming as far as the actual fishing aspect of it we cut about a half inch piece of mackerel herring that's kind of our primary chunk size as far as about a you know a half inch to maybe three quarter inch width and then we hook that through the actual back piece not the belly piece of the chunk on the back piece just underneath the skin and if you have fresh bait you should be able to hook it very very lightly so you have a lot of hook exposed and it's able to tear out very easily. 
if you have rotten chum or you're using bloodline from a tuna fish you cut up or whatever else, you can jam the hook in there a little bit more and it will rip out and you'll get a little bit stealthier sort of presentation. But for, for the most part, we're, um, we're just hooking them right in the, in the blue on a mackerel, right in the blue, dead center in the back, just underneath the skin. Same kind of goes for herring chunks too, pogey chunks, depending on how soft it is, you might have to adjust where you're actually placing that hook. The only piece of the, the mackerel or the bait that we don't use is the tail. It just spins too much. You know, that ends up in the chum bucket, but we will use the heads. We don't use the heads primarily. And what I mean by that is our two primary rods that are fishing, you know, say we have two anglers off of each corner of the transom, they're each free drifting chunks back, just normal mid-body chunks from a mackerel or a herring, and they're dripping, they're ripping line off the reel as fast as the current will take it. Fish will pick it up, they'll feel the bite, they count to one, two, three, lock it up, circle hook does its job, and they're fighting the fish. As far as the heads go, you know, whoever's in charge of chumming or, you know, in, in this case, Taylor, myself, or my father, you know, whoever is the captain or mate, if they're if they're working the chum bucket, we'll actually have a rod up there with us as well. And this rod's usually a spinning rod, usually a bait runner style rod. It might be another conventional rod, kind of depending on what we have ready and rigged. But basically we take that rod and we pin one of the heads right through the lips and we cast that way, way, way up tide, basically in the same place that we're throwing the chum. So by the time that head drifts down tide, it should almost be on the bottom or right on the bottom in the sweet spot where your chum is getting picked off by the fish. And what the advantage of this is the head sinks faster. So you're going to get to those bigger fish. You're not going to get as many bites on the head. Those little fish will peck at it. They might not even look at it. It's not going to drift as natural. But if you get that bait to the bottom and you figure that out where it gets to on the bottom of wherever you are in the sweet spot of your chum, that's where you're going to hook your bigger fish. And the reason we use the spinning rod is we can cast that a lot easier up tide, rip off a whole ton of line, and then turn the bait runner on, stick it in the rod holder, and then chum for those, you know, 10, 20, 30 seconds that it takes for that bait to drift down tide and get on the bottom. So you can kind of multitask a little bit easier um, when you're in charge of kind of that job and that type of fishing. So We've caught a lot of big fish that way. Um, I know a lot of other people have too. People do that in the pogey schools, even when they're snagging and dropping. Some people will, you know, cut a, a chunk of bunker up or a half bunker and drop that below the school to get that lazy fish, that bigger fish. Because those smaller fish will get to kind of the normal size pieces before those bigger fish do typically. Or those bigger fish will sometimes kind of wait for the tide to slow down. And when all your chum starts to drop vertically below the boat, that's when you end up getting that big fish bite, specifically in the river and those estuaries and that type of fishing. So that's really it. That's really all um, all I have to, to offer right now in regards to kind of the chumming and chunking tactics for striped bass and and specifically applying this to you know the north river and and other inshore grounds or a structure that you might fish if you guys have any you know tips or tricks yourselves or you have any other questions or or anything like that you know definitely make sure you reach out to us 
at the the Seabros Fishing Instagram page. Just DM us there. We'd be happy to answer any questions. Once we get on the boats and we're fishing here in the next week or so, we'll be sure to to post some videos um, as we're on the boat and as we're rigging stuff up. So a lot of this starts to make more sense to to people if if you're just getting into this fishery or you know you're looking to kill some time um you know during the spring and and we're kind of waiting for things to really start start ramping up here so you know definitely don't hesitate to reach out make sure that you check out the seabros fishing website seabrosfishing.com um the you can listen to this podcast here obviously but we've also put some fresh gear up on there some new hats that people really love the the tuna mark or fish mark hats we just got a fresh stock of those we have a couple other cool things coming out in the next few weeks here just kind of trying to um offer a few you know different products from from what other people are offering and and um you know get some cool stuff out there for you guys. So, so hopefully you you like that and enjoy that. Also make sure that you, uh, if you follow the Mass Bay Guides, Instagram and Facebook, that's where most of our fishing reports and content goes to first before it goes to the Seabros page. Um, you know, obviously being that Mass Bay Guides is, is the charter business side of our, of our whole family. So make sure you check that out. And if you haven't already, please, 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 please go on Apple podcasts and, um, and give us a rating. Be honest. You know, if you like what's going on give us a great rating, if you want, um, us to improve things or change things around, you know, make sure you say that as well. Definitely, definitely, uh, appreciate if you give us a five star and, and keep this podcast growing and, and keep the audience growing. We, we love doing it. It's a lot of fun. It's been perfect. You know, as, as bad as this whole COVID, outbreak and quarantine situation has been it's um it's really helped this sort of flourish and helped people get in the mindset of the season and keep people busy so it's uh it's kind of been a blessing in disguise when you think of it that way so that's it that's all uh, i have for today keep on listening and um and stay tight thank you all